Okay. By the way, I, I found the uh, yesterday, someone posted the uh, response from the Rebbe that I mentioned yesterday uh, about this mimer. They said this mimer is a balabatisha mimer. What does it mean, mean of a balabatisha mimer? It's a mimer that helps you get control of yourself. And uh, the, there's, some, there's some things you, you get just because you understand something, because it makes sense to you, then it affects you, your paradigm, affects, affects your feelings. Something just work because of what you what what it is like like uh, may not know why those uh, walnuts and the dates are going to be so good for him but he ate them he ate them so it so it works so in a similar way there's a verse from the uh, from the rabbi about studying Torah of studying Torah the previous rabbi it says in the, the word Torah in Hebrew is numerically equivalent to six eleven. 6.11, because it says, Torah Tziv Alonu Meisha, Meisha Beinu commanded us 611 commandments. So, the, the first two commandments were directly from Hashem. So, so on the surface, Torah could help you in your Yiddishkeit, it could strengthen all 611 commandments. But the first two, you're a Munan Hashem, and you're disavowing all other, uh, all other kind of getchkes, all other kinds of uh, foreign gods, that you can't get from Torah. But the Rebbe said that, that by studying the Torah of Friedrich Rebbe, not only will it give you strength in all mitzvahs, but Torah, even for the first two, even if you're a Munna, you also get strength just by studying Torah of the Rebbe, without even knowing how it, how it affects your thoughts and feelings, and just, just the fact you're learning Torah. So regarding this mimer specifically, it says this mimer has the koyach to, get, to remove all confusion, and concealments, and to get you in control. Okay, so we learned yesterday was about how uh, through a Jew subduing klipa, it causes the glory of Hashem to be revealed in all the worlds. And the Friedrich is analyzing the words, all the worlds. And he's so far has told us that what the emphasis is that this light is infinite. The kind of light we're drawing down through subduing evil is something which is infinite and transcends all worlds. There's another kind of light of Hashem, which is different in each world. It animates each world differently. That light is, is not the same in all worlds. But through a scaphith, subduing, subduing evil, that has a different kind of, of an impact, and that brings down the light of Hashem, which transcends all worlds, which is equal in all worlds. You have WhatsApp, right? I sent the memory to WhatsApp. If you're, in, if, you're look, if you're looking at your phone mood right now. Okay, so the light of Hashem which transcends our worlds, that's the light that we bring down. Now that I was going to talk about the other light, to contrast this light with the light of Hashem which animates the worlds. If you do have, it's known the difference between each of the four worlds, to each other. It says in the Pasuk, Anybody who calls out to my name and to my glory, I have created him, I have formed him, and I have made him. So this Pasuk is referring to the four worlds. My name and glory refer to Atsilus. Creation, formation, and Asisiv, I have made them, refer to the worlds of Vietzisya. Daldin Musabia. You cannot compare the light of Hashem the way it is in the world of Atsilus, to the way the light of Hashem is in the three lower worlds, Briya Of course, within Briya you also can compare the light of Hashem in Briya, in Briya to the world, light of Hashem as it, is in, as it is in this world, but 
as we shall see, there is a there is a great difference between the, um, the difference between the way it is in Atzilus, the way it is in Bria, is uh, a difference ain't no comparison at all. Within Bria Tziasia, there is some kind of comparison, but the difference in Atzilus and Bria, there it is, it's, it's it's a quantum leap. That's why the Rebbe is dividing them into two categories: Atzilus and Bria. What is unique about Atzilus? Why are we putting Atzilus different category? Lachera, we just finish off saying. That we just finished off saying that the light of Hashem is different in each world. So what? So, okay. So 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 each world is different to each other. But but the Rebbe says no. It's it's not just that each light is different. Even within that light itself, we find quantum leaps. There's a quantum leap between the world of Atzilus and the worlds beneath it. What's the quantum leap? The what's the definition of the world? Of, <laughs> He's counting the outage. Wow. What, what is that actually? That was a great line. Okay. So, the world of Atsilus. Why is light in the world of Atsilus different than the world of Bria? What, what's unique about Atsilus? The Atsilus is the world of Atsilus. There's three things that are mentioned here about the world of Atsilus. Number one, the Transfer of energy into the world of Atsilus from what is higher than Atsilus is called revelation of what is concealed. That means it's not a new creature that has never existed before, it's not a separate entity. Rather, Atsilus is revelation to, uh, of what was hidden before. It's, it's kind of like we learned yesterday's Tanya, today's Tanya, about speech. That speech is, when you, why, why do you speak? You speak to reveal to others what is in your thoughts. So, in a similar way, Atsilus is revelation of what was before Atsilus. It's not something other than what is higher than Atsilus. Atsilus reveals what, what was before Atsilus. The, the word Atsilus also means close to. Close to. It's, it's, and both of those meanings are connected. Atsilus is not a new entity, it isn't, it's a, not a foreign entity. Rather, Atsilus is close to the. Um, Atsilus is close to the uh, world, what's above Atsilus, and its revelation of what was hit before. Atsilus also means separation, afrasha, which does indicate some kind of distinction between what is above Atsilus and Atsilus. On the one hand, Atsilus is called close to, Atsilus is called a revelation of what was higher than Atsilus. You see a similarity between Atsilus and what's before Atsilus. On the other hand, Atsilus is called separation. So that means we find in Atsilus two different, um, two, two um, contrasting um, characteristics. So what, is it, what does that mean? Is Atsilus a separation? Or is Atsilus one with close to what's before? Yes. Right. The answer is yes. So, so what does that mean? Both of them are true, but what does that what does that mean? In the Rebbe's famous parable, where the Rebbe actually says the words, if I remember correctly, when the Rebbe introduces the parable, he says the simplest things in Chassidus are the hardest to explain. Mm-hmm. Things we take for granted, we hear over and over again, those are the hardest to explain. Those are the most fundamental. So in the Rebbe's parable of the, of the four worlds, the Rebbe says briefly, 
The world of Atsilus is the king in his private chambers. The world of Bria, on the higher level of Ganadin, that is the king how he is in his throne room. The world of Yitzira, that's how the king how, how the the ministers of the throne room depart from the throne room. They've been there before, but now they've departed to go on some mission for the king. And the world of Asiya, that's the world, all the at the end at the edge of the kingdom of, of the uh, king. People at the, end of the, at the edge of the kingdom who've barely heard about the king. Okay, so in that parable, the king in his chambers, on the one hand, you see what, what's unique about that space versus all other spaces, is that all, that there is, all that's there is the king. In the lower worlds, there are other entities, there are other creatures. They are in a state of reverence to the king, they're in a state of devotion to the king, but they exist, there's something outside of the king that exists. In the world of Atsilus, there's nobody looking out the window. In the world of Atsilus, there's, there's, no, there's nothing else. All there is is the king. There's nobody even looking at the king in the world of Atsilus. All there is is the king in the world of Atsilus. All there is is him. But still, we, we call it the world of Atsilus. There is the chamber. There is the place where Hashem is revealed. But that, but that, that's it right there. Isn't it that Atsilus is the first place where Hashem interfaces with something beyond himself. So, so what is it? Is it is it the king himself? Or is it something other than the king? The uh, we're calling it the chamber. We're calling it the king's chamber. Hold on a second. Calling it the king's chamber means it's not the king. So it's not like the throne room where there. There's other entities there which are. St- the world of Bria is called Efsharism. It's a possibility for existence. Why is it called a possibility for existence? It, it, things exist there, but the world of Bria is called a possibility for existence because the world of Bria is is. Um, is in a state of total dveikus with Hashem. So what is dveikus? You're in a state of dveikus. You say you're a separate entity. You're in a state of dveikus. You're in a state of you're in a state of rapture. You're in a state of, of, of attachment. You can't call that a separate entity. But yet the, the bria, some, there's something there that exists. The world of Atzils is nothing other than godliness. Hashem's kindness. Hashem's gevura. Hashem's teferis. It's the chamber of the king. But yet we're saying it's it's something there's something that's there. What's there? But no. So you're basically saying that when something's an essence of something, it's a part of him, right? So if there's a word for it, then it's not, it's not him because it's like a confinement. Right. Okay. Right. So there's another mimer of the Rebbe. The Rebbe brings a uh, uses intellect as a parable for the world of Atzilus. There is intellect and there's expression of intellect. There's intellect itself. And there's an expression of intellect as it comes into your thoughts. Thoughts aren't intellect. Thoughts and chassidus, when you say the word thoughts, thoughts means letters, like we just had in Tanya. There is the thought, there's the intellect itself, there's the ideas. Then there is the way those ideas are concretized into actual letters. The world of Bria is the world of thought. In the world of Bria, what, what is thought? Thought is nothing other than a vehicle to convey ideas. 
thought doesn't have an, its own entity unto itself. You cannot think about, you can't use letters of thought in your mind and think about a different idea. You can't have those letters flowing through your mind and think about something else at the same time. If those letters are in your mind, that's what you're thinking about. Oh, but at the same time, the letters aren't their intellect. Letters are different than intellect. That's, that's words. Those are words. That you're saying words, but your mind is somewhere else. The the uh, it's possible to say words and not agree on something. Huh? We finally agree on something. Okay, the words that you're saying can be different to the uh, things which are in your mind. So, unlike the world of Bria, which is compared to the thought, which is in a, thought is just a, a thought is called in Chizis, thought is called levush hamiuchad a cloth a garment which is only designed for this this particular wear. It c- cannot be divested from the wear. It can be taken off. Thought is always receiving from our mind intellect, ideas, whatever going through our mind, that's what we're thinking about. Our subconscious and, and our conscious mind feeds into our thoughts. That's Bria. So Bria is nothing other than the souls and angels in Bria. What are they? They're in a state of total attachment to, to the ideas, that, uh, which means they're totally, t- they're totally attached to godliness. But, but what are they? They're letters of thought. There's something that's there. Other than Galenus, which is attached to Galenus. That's why it's called it, the, the Bria. It's created. At the same time, it's called Efsharism. It's the possibility for creation because what kind of creation is it? It's, just, it's creation that, that, that's a state of total attachment. The world of Yitzhira, on the other hand, is compared to the letters of speech. Letters of speech have a separate entity a separate, uh, than, than the intellect. Letters of speech, it's possible to say something to someone and not even know what you're saying. And even convey it properly, but you're not there. You could be saying all the words of Davni correctly, and you're somewhere in the in, in Oklahoma, right? So, so 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 you're real estate. Anyways, so so your intellect and your speech could be in two completely different different places, completely different. So that means that although speech generally conveys your thoughts, it doesn't have to. Although speech generally conveys your intellect, that's a general flow from your intellect to your thoughts to your words, it doesn't have to. So the of, of Yitzira is a, is a separate entity. It's a separate entity. But it, it's, it's the way the souls and angels depart from the throne, the way they feel themselves. Then there's the world of Asiya. What's the world of Asiya? The world of Asiya is called a parable for Galenus. Before the sin of the tree of knowledge, the world of Asiya was just a parable for godliness. It's not godliness itself. It's a parable for godliness. It's about godliness. After the sin of the tree of knowledge, this world changed to become a riddle for godliness. It's no longer a, 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 a parable. It's a riddle. The difference between a parable and a riddle is that when something's a parable, so then it's... Uh, although it's just theory, it's not, it's not the thing itself, but it's, it's total, it's, it fits like a glove to the analog that it try, that's trying to convey. Versus a riddle, a riddle is confusing. A riddle looks like it's something other than what it's trying to convey. So although the world of Asiya really hasn't changed, it's still about godliness. As Chal Baruchai is telling Zev, the whole blackout over here, it's just that he should stop saying Karbanis. So yeah, for us, that's like a foreign idea. Like, you know, why, why would that happen? But no, but, but Chassidus says that the whole, like the Rambam says even, that the Ram writes about a, about a palace of a king. The whole reason why this person has this palace is just in the order that one time some Jew should walk by and have a place to, 
be in the rain for a few minutes. So that's why there's this palace. And after the guy, the Jew walks in the rain, the whole palace might may disintegrate. So, so, uh, so we don't look at the world that way, as as the whole world being created for Torah and mitzvahs and for Yidden. Like Rav David Raskin always told me to say, why did God make these skyscrapers in Manhattan? He used to say because the Bachram will come when Ellie Engelson and you go there on Friday to the Mitzayim. It ought to be easy to meet more Jews in the one floor. Okay. There's also a little <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you say that it means that you, if you look up all the way up, you see like heaven, kind of? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. So, is Atsilos. So, 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 in, the, in, this, in this parable. Okay. So. So I don't want to confuse you, but but let's go with this for a second. If I, if I, if I remember correctly, in this parable, whatever is talking about the impact of, of intellect in the, three, in the other three worlds, thought, speech, and action, and how this world is a world of parable, then after the sin of the world of the riddle, in that silos, we have the intellect as it is in the emotions. So it's 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 the same ideas, and how the ideas are in how they've affected how they, they become subjective. It's the same idea though. So atzilus is so intellect in this parable is galliness. So in atzilus you have the expression of galliness, which means in atzilus you have ten spheres, not just intellect, but also emotion. In atzilus is the way the avisha contracts as light and the way that to, to relate to creation. So. Uh, so you see a clear distinction between Atsilus and all the other worlds. In all the other worlds, there's some other foreign entity other than Galinus that's there. In Atsilus, all there is is Galinus. But at the same time, Atsilus is still called a world. Atsilus is still called... It's, it's not... On the one hand, the word Atsilus, they use the word separation. On the other hand, they use the word Yichud, unity. And they're both true. Atsilus is a world of oneness, but it's a world. Uh, versus higher than Atsilus... There is no world. There is no place. There is no thing. There is a tzimtzum in every stage of the game. Um, but it says the difference between everything you're saying. So this, uh, the difference between Atsilus and the world beneath Atsilus, it says in general, it's like a parable to an idea. <laughs> Here we go, get, get confusing again. The whole, all the, it says between Atsilus and the world beneath Atsilus, there's a parsa, there's, there's a curtain. And the difference between the light that's before the curtain and the light that's after the curtain is similar to the way an idea gets re- misrepresented by a parable that, that now it's a whole different anthropomorphic kind of thing. It's no longer the idea itself. So that's the difference between Atsilus and the world beneath Atsilus. It's a whole foreign new thing. Now there's a kind of level of attachment, there's thought, there's speech, there's the parable of the world of Asiya. The, I mean, and... Uh, so, 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 but really, the, the underlying point that we're trying to make over here is not what is the difference between Atzilus and the worlds beneath it, or what's the difference between the worlds beneath them themselves. This, that's really parenthetical to the Rebbe's main point here to contrast the light of Hashem that fills all worlds versus the light of Hashem that transcends all worlds. And Rebbe wants to say that you connect the infinite light of Hashem higher than Atzilus whenever you do a mitzvah, whenever you subdue the evil in yourself. Let's go further inside. Um, we're four lines in the top. The last word of the line. 
in general, the world of Atsilus is part of the infinite worlds. It's not considered part of creation. When you say the words yesh me'ayin, yesh me'ayin really starts in Bria. That's what there's a new foreign entity. And this is the passage we quoted earlier. Anyone who calls upon my name and glory, the words my name and my glory, if, he, if Hashem is calling it his name and his glory, that means it's about him. It's his. It's himself. That is the world of Atsilus. That's the world of oneness. That's the world of inclusion. That is the place where the light of Hashem is absolutely revealed. That is not at all the way it is in the lower three worlds. In the, within the world's Bria Tsiasia, there's a difference between Bria Tsira and the Sia. Each world is different. And Atsilus is an entirely different category. However, what they all have in common is, even though the world of Atsilus has in common with us, this distinction that we're making between all these worlds is in reference to the light of Hashem that animates them. But if you're talking about the light of Hashem that is above any connection to worlds, any connection to, to, to any existence besides Hashem, the light of Hashem that transcends all worlds, this light of Hashem which transcends all worlds shines in all worlds equally. And that's the meaning of the passage of the Zohar, that the light of Hashem shines in all the worlds. The Zohar's emphasis is that it's in all worlds equally. It's not the light of Hashem, Vatsilus comes here. No, we're talking about the light of Hashem which transcends all worlds. Can I ask a question you can soon. However, in order to bring down this light of Hashem in all the worlds, how do you do that? Surprisingly, that the way you get to this light is by subduing and transforming evil, darkness. That's what the Zohar says. When you subdue the evil, when you affect the evil to be subdued and transformed from darkness to light, so what does the Torah say? The Torah says there's an advantage, there is an advantage to light that comes from darkness, specifically. So when this darkness is transformed to light, there's now a new, higher kind of light. The light of Hashem, the infinite light of Hashem, shines openly until it shines here in this world, literally. That you draw down such a light, <coughs> which when this light is drawn down, doesn't make, this light doesn't... It's like the, you know, the Malacham of us, we, we just learned in the last week's parasha, it doesn't make any distinction between who it's going to kill. This light of Hashem is infinite. It doesn't make any distinction. Oh, this it, I only can fit in the world of Atsilus. It doesn't fit in the world of Atsilus any better than it fits in this world. It's, 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 it's infinite. <laughs> 
So if this light is transcendent, it shines here the same way it shines in the worlds above when it is revealed. So the whole distinction made between one world and another, that, that's only in regards to the light of Hashem that animates the worlds. In regards to the light of Hashem that transcends all worlds, so that we're able to access through subduing and transforming darkness to light, and when we do, the light shines everywhere equally. And that's what the Torah means when it says, When Hashem says, Make for me a sanctuary, and I'll dwell within them, He's talking about, He's talking about every single Jew, and what does every Jew have to, what does every Jew have to do to make a mikdash for Hashem? By subduing and transforming darkness to light. Through this, there's a higher kind of light. That you cause the light of Hashem that transcends all worlds to be revealed. That's what, that's a, so you're making a mikdash, making a holy place. That's why I say it's surprising. You, how do you make a mikdash for Hashem? How do you make a holy place for Hashem? It's specifically by transforming the darkness in yourself, by subduing that and transforming that. That's what makes the higher light of the Abish to come to the world. Yes, if not. Okay. Thoughts are retracted. Stricken from the record. Okay, like a masterpiece? No. Save Coloman? Yeah. No, 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 it's, it's, it's the way there. I'll tell you a difference. In regards to a master key, it opens up all the doors in the same way. It opens up all the doors. It's able to open the doors. Here we're talking about something which, 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 uh, my elder, elder Zayda used to have a nigan about traveling to Lubavitch. The nigan goes like this From Kaslavich to Lubavitch, why do I need you? From Kaslavich to Lubavitch, why am I, why am I listening to you? And the nigan continues I have a house with no roof, why do I need you? I have a sukkah without schach, why am I talking to you? In other words, this is something which is completely infinite, completely transcendent. It's not just a master key which opens up the same door. This is something which removes the roof. It is cervical It's infinite. Rabbi Mayor. <laughs> <laughs>